Hey guys, Regina here. Welcome to season four of Perfectly Imperfect. Just wanted to pop in to let you guys know that we will be doing things a little differently this season. Instead of releasing episodes every week, we will be releasing episodes every other week. We wanted to try a little something new, and this way we can create content all year round. This upcoming season is filled with new topics, revisiting a few old ones, and of course, lots of new guests. We are so excited for the potential of what's to come in 2020 and to continue the journey with each and every one of you. Hope you enjoy our first episode back and cheers to a new season. I just came by to stir your soul up a bit. This is the Perfectly Imperfect Podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. Hi, and welcome back to Perfectly Imperfect. I'm Christine. And I'm Regina. Oh my god, 2020, we're back for season four. Happy 2020. Oh my gosh, this is insane. This is the beginning of a new decade. This is a very like defining moment. Yeah, it is. And it felt insanely quick to get this. Like already 2020 feels like it's like future, future, future. Yeah, we're living in the future now. I know. And I really am quite disappointed because I thought we would have had flying cars by now. I know. It's, well, that's life, right? Full of disappointments. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no flying cars, no flying skateboards. What else? Uh, oh, I know. No hoverboards. There are self-tying shoes. Are there? Like Nike created a pair. But then that was like a novelty thing, right? For Back to the Future. But it works, supposedly. I don't know. I've never seen it IRL. I mean, to be real, my entire concept of what the future should be is completely based off of Back to the Future. Actually, my future was based off of the Jetsons. Oh, I was going to say too. And like the robot made and stuff like that. Isn't that even older than Back to the Future? I don't know. I just remember it always being played on like Cartoon Network. Yeah. (laughs) So talking about the future, how is 2020 going to look like for you? Do you have any resolutions, any themes? Yeah, I actually feel like it ties in very well with today's topic. But I think that for 2020, because 2019 was like my adjustment back to LA. And I feel like I was like starting a lot of things and there weren't that many like tangible things. I feel like I really like closed myself off because it was just so much more comfortable and like easy for me to like stay at home and be in my own bubble and hang out with like my closest friends without judgment or anything. And like, not really pushing myself in the way that I feel like I could be. So I feel like for 2020, I want to try out more things that I typically normally wouldn't do. Like I've always told myself that I really wanted to take singing lessons, Mm -hmm. but I never did. Mm -hmm. And so like things like that, like things that push me a little bit out of my comfort zone or like helping me fine tune skills that I always said I wanted to do, but I never put in that effort to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear that. It's just kind of investing in yourself in like all the things that you might have put off or were scared to do. Mm -hmm. Or you're kind of like, oh, well, I would never be good at this anyway. So why put in the effort? But I feel like at the end of the day, it's not even about that. It's like, how much are you enjoying yourself in that process? I'm not expecting to win a Grammy anytime soon. (laughs) But I think that this is just something that I've always loved. So why not try to invest in it? And then, you know, see how it is. I've never taken voice lessons before. I did choir back in middle school. But since then, I've never really 
tried it. So I feel like it's little things like that or like putting myself in situations where I typically would say no. Like I know that there's like a lot of networking events in LA that some of my friends will go to. And I'm always like, ah, I don't know if I really want to mingle with strangers (laughs) for an entire night or spend an entire evening doing that. Or like, even if I do go, I'll just stay with my friends the whole time. Mm. And so just really like learning to be more just open to opportunities rather than very set in my ways of ideas of who I am or who I think I am or who I think other people think I am. And then just like basing my decisions off of that. Mm, No, I love that. Like just an openness to explore and see and not to be bound by previous constraints of just life or just you, your own thoughts. Yeah. What about you? Mine's pretty similar. Like 2019 really was a lot of just like go, 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 go. Mm. There was like a fire lit under me and I just attacked everything with like such intensity, but also just like, uh, I'm doing it. I'm going to do it. So there was a lot of power behind 2019. 2020, I mean, a lot of times with like the year, I think it takes about like three or four months for the theme of the year for me to like really sink in. But I do think that like it's feeling like similar in the sense of just being curious, learning, and really taking it in. So I am going to continuously grow and have achievable goals, but Mm -hmm. I want to go at a pace where I'm really taking it in. I'm really listening and making sure that it's aligned with what I am trying to achieve as well as what feels right and being open to just the opportunities that I may have missed before. So just taking it maybe at a slower pace, but at a more intentional pace. Mm, And learning to be like more present. Yeah. I feel like it's definitely hard when you're like always trying to look ahead and being like, ooh, you know, like especially as each of us are trying to build out our own businesses, it's like, ooh, what's next? What's next? Like what should be the next big thing that I'm trying to do? But I think it's really easy to overlook like, why am I trying to do this? Like what is my intention of doing this in the first place? I find myself doing that a lot. As an entrepreneur, there's like always so much going on. There's so much information that you're intaking, so many things that you feel like you need to do because all of it is on you. There's that pressure to, trying to do everything all at once but yeah it is taking a moment to really intake what it is that will serve you and move you forward in the ways that you want to move forward in in a very strategic way and then I think with themes especially with new year themes every kind of decision at least bigger decision that I face throughout the year I go back to this theme I'm like does it support this theme if it is like you know should I take a class or should I work with this person does it serve this theme that it's moving me in intense pace of learning and opportunity. I've always loved your yearly themes. I felt like that was like a very nice way to look at the year without setting like such specific overwhelming goals or like not they're overwhelming, but just like very specific goals that kind of feel very rigid in a way almost. I mean, I think it's good to be specific about certain things, but I think having an overlying like theme and like always being able to keep that in the back of your mind is like a really great way to look at it. Yeah, I think it's just something that I can follow through through kind of the core of me throughout the year. And it works for me versus like, I know some people, like you said, it's like more specific New Year's resolutions, like they can stick to it. I cannot. Mm -hmm, Um, And mm -hmm. I think to have that like known at the beginning of the year, what is it that I want to accomplish it's a little bit too much for me. So this is a nice alternative. But speaking of themes, a great theme that we shared at the end of last year was that 
we revealed our new journals of untold Woo! stories. Yes. Oh my God, you guys, these notebooks, they're amazing. I love them <laughs> so, so much. They just have like such a special, like soft spot in my heart. You know what I mean? Like, I think that when we first set out to do this, I mean, first off, Christina and I love stationery and we're very annoying oh about God, it, we love it, but so we much. love it. We love it so much. And I feel like we're very specific about the things that we like. And I feel like this was the opportunity for us to kind of join forces and be like, Ooh, what can we create that will hopefully like really resonate with you guys? Cause it definitely really resonates with us. Um, and if you guys haven't seen them already, they are up on our shop and I will be sure to link everything in the description box below. But they are these gorgeously chic faux leather journals that have a hand-lettered untold stories on them. With gold foiling. With gold foiling. And our theme for it was just the fact that like, I think through this podcast and through telling our story, we've been able to really tell our stories. And I feel like through that, we've been able to connect with so many of you guys and resonate and have these stories resonate with so many of you and just like really connect us all and build this community. And so I think that through this, you know, Christine and I are never like, oh, well, our story is the end all be all. Like, I feel like we want to encourage all of you to continue to write your stories too, because that's what helps the world feel more connected. Yeah. Oh, so beautifully said. It really comes from the idea that your story is powerful and we are still on this journey to discover what our stories are. So to encourage what we always encourage on our podcast, which is to journal and to write it down, it really serves as a really good practice for self-care, getting your thoughts down, and also a great reflection looking back. Like, oh man, a year ago, this is what I was thinking. This is what I was worried about. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can think that about last year, like the things that I was worried about, how it ended up panning out. It was like, wow, <laughs> it kind of gives you a broader perspective of like, oh yeah, life keeps going and you are resilient and you can overcome it. Or maybe you're still in the middle of a lesson and you want to get out your thoughts. Obviously, a journal is a great way to do it. And we wanted to make one that we both love, like Regina said. They are our babies. We're so proud of them being our first ever merch, you know, and we're so proud to launch it with you guys. And we hope in the future that we can continue to expand on the stationary line that we both love. Yes. So go check them out. And it makes a really great gift for your friends that you want to encourage them. Just something super special that you can give and like, hey, this is for you to write down your thoughts, your untold stories to prioritize yourself. So yeah. Love it. Love it. And it's all hand packaged by me and Regina. And we will include a very, very special note to each and every single one of you who purchase a notebook. With a sticker. Okay, so let's jump into today's topic. We are ready. <laughs> We're so ready. Season four. Oh my God, look at us. Yeah. We didn't make everyone wait for like a year, two years. I know. Look at us being on top of things. <sighs> Shocking. Right. Right. <laughs> so this is something that we thought would be great to kick off season four the new year for us the new decade the new okay, yes i'm very dramatic You're about so this the dramatic. New decade <laughs> today's topic is how do we know when to let go of something or how we like to think of it sometimes as giving up or to keep pushing through because a lot of times in many points of our lives we're faced with a decision or dilemma that we're at a crossroads right we're like should i keep going should i keep staying at this job should i 
Should I still stay in this relationship? Should I move? Or am I giving up too easily? And we really want to explore and share our experiences of, you know, some specific tough decisions that we both had to do and not knowing what the outcomes would be and what ended up happening and what did we learn. It's a lot to get into, but we're excited to talk about just letting things go and how do you do it. So let's start with Regina, as always. What was one decision that really stuck out to you where you really were faced with this? Should I let go or should I keep staying? Mm -hmm. I think a big one that is fairly recent would definitely be my move from New York back to L.A., There was definitely a level of comfort that LA brought to me and a lot of my friends were leaving the city. So I think I went through this decision of like, am I leaving New York because of fear? Am I going back to LA because of comfort? Like what is my decision-making process when it comes to these two cities? Because New York was something that I wanted for so long, right? Mm -hmm. And then once I did it, I was kind of like, oh, okay. Um, Well, I have that in my back pocket now what's next. It kind of got to a point where my job security in New York was not the strongest. And I was kind of bouncing between jobs and doing some like freelancing stuff here and there. Mm -hmm. And I think that that instability, in addition to like not having a support system was really scary for me. And so then I was like, oh, well, if I move back to LA, you know, my life will be more comfortable because I'll have my family there. And I grew up in LA and like New York is still like a little scarily unknown, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that I was like going through like, am I giving up on New York? Or are there really opportunities for me elsewhere? Like that was a very conflicting time for me because then I was like, oh, am I scared of what New York has to offer if I were to stay? Or do I really see the possibilities of like really branching out and exploring new opportunities in LA? And, you know, in a way, even though I was moving back to LA and I had grown up here, I had never really been an adult here. I mean, I moved away when I was 23. And up until that time, I had just only been in school. You know, I had never really like worked a full-time job here. And I had never really like explored who that LA Regina would be with a full-time job and like that financial fruit. You never dated here. I never dated here. I'd only dated in New York. So I felt like to me, it seemed like, oh, moving back to LA will be super exciting and there'll be a lot of new stuff. But I do think that there was a lot of that like rooted fear of like, oh, well, what if I stayed in New York and I continued to work these freelance jobs, but I wouldn't be able to pay rent with those freelance jobs and et cetera, et cetera. So in a way, like, I think that even my friends were like, oh, well, when you move back to LA, like don't move in back into that comfort. Of your parents. Of my parents and like living at home. But I think that in that beginning stages, like I totally fell into that comfort yeah. because I was scared. I was scared of the possibilities of what LA could be. And I think that instead of facing it head on, like I definitely like started to hide myself away. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, well, this is what I'm comfortable with. This is what I know. So I'm just going to like stay here instead of like really putting myself out there. Well, let me ask you, like, what is it that made you end up making the decision to move back to LA versus staying in New York? Because I I mean, I still remember for like freaking two, three years, you kept saying, oh, I might move back this year. I might move back this yeah. year. And you kept extending yeah. your lease. So what ended up changing? What? How did you end up deciding? I think that I was trying to look at the bigger picture of things, of what I wanted to do career-wise, relationship-wise, etc. And I think that it became very clear to me that I didn't want to settle down in New York because 
I feel like while I loved being in Manhattan, like I didn't really see myself raising a family there or continuing my career there because I feel like I'm still a very like family oriented person and it just didn't feel right to be that far away from my parents, especially being like an only child and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I think I was trying to look at the bigger picture of like where I saw my career going, you know, me wanting to get married and settle down and have kids. Like I didn't see that in New York. And so I think that in that instance, I was kind of like planning ahead, maybe even planning more ahead than I really needed to, because I mean, those things to me are still things that I'm like working towards, but aren't actually necessarily happening right now. But I think that at the time of when my lease was up and where I was with my career and with my relationships, I was like, to me, it felt like it made more sense for me to be in LA Mm. because of what my bigger goals were, Mm -hmm. even though it wasn't happening in the immediate future. And I think that that's why adjusting back to LA was a bit rougher for me because there wasn't anything immediately happening. It was like me working towards something or wanting to work towards something. Mm -hmm. And I know that you mentioned, which I thought was very insightful, where you were like, you struggle with a lot of who you wanted to be, who others wanted you to be who you thought you were Mm -hmm. you know all of that was happening throughout this entire period and even while you moved back right I mean are you is that still something that you struggle with or is that a fear that you've confronted uh no (laughs) it is not well I think it's a fear that definitely like passes through a lot more than I would like to admit um this version of me that I think I could be this version that I think my parents think I am that my friends think I am that this version that like of who I want to be like I feel like these three ideas of Regina are very different and I think that that was something that I really struggled with and I feel like if And when new opportunities were to come, like that's when the three would kind of start clashing. And then I was like, oh my God, who am I? Like, who am I trying to be? Like, is this on brand (laughs) essentially? Right. You know, like, I mean, I think a very good example of that even was like our event off the mic. I felt so nervous and so scared and I had never done that before. And I think, you know, doing the podcast is like less daunting because it's literally just the two of us FaceTime each other and then being really vulnerable and open and honest and then I'm like okay cool after I'm done editing I put it online like it feels a little more detached right but to be just having these conversations in person in front of an audience like being able to look out at everyone's faces and have them see of people yeah and seeing them like whether or not they're laughing with you or like sad with you or like concerned or you know like it was I feel like I was so, so nervous. And then I like went into this downward spiral of like, am I ready for this? Am I worthy of this? You know? And there's like all these thoughts of like, I, I don't know. Is this is this who I'm trying to be? Like, I think that it was it, it just became an overwhelming like amount of questions that I was asking myself mm-hmm. without really like thinking about like, okay, what are my true intentions? Because I was so worried about putting myself in this situation where I was like really uncomfortable and nervous. Totally. I think that's super relatable given that the overthinking 
right? I think that's mm-hmm. what tends to happen when you're faced with this decision of should I let go or should I keep pushing forward, you know? And then your mind starts to spin and all this noise starts to happen. And it's hard to settle that noise and really come to a sense of clarity of what is it that aligns with you? What is it that is you? Especially when you're saying, which I think all of us struggle with, which is like the different versions of ourselves that exist either in our minds or in other people's minds. You know, to be real, Here's a little plug where we released some bonus episodes from Off the Mic, the actual event where you can hear the panels that Regina and I were on and the ABG girls and Minji from First of All that you can't tell. Like I couldn't tell at all that you were nervous. Mm-hmm. Not when, like even from the beginning stages of the concept of planning to the actual event, like I got no hint that you were worried or having any of these like <laughs> doubts in your head, which is incredible. Which is I, I was low key freaking out. <laughs> I think that plays to like exactly what you're saying. What the version that you want other people to see you as, where you're put together, you got this, you're confident, and that totally comes out. But internally, there's like this huge like struggle juxtaposition. Yeah. yeah, you know. And I think that definitely happens because not only in this decision making of like this crossroads of what are you going to do but so many decisions in our lives there's that internal and external difference internally obviously only you know into the night by yourself when you're lying in bed like your fears (laughs) your dark thoughts and insecurities that start creeping in in the middle of the night yeah yeah and then you wake up and you go to work or you see your parents or you go into your family event or whatever and then you have to put on kind of this face of like nope, none of that is happening internally. Obviously myself too, like moments of that where you're like grappling so much with the difference and trying to make sense of it. So how has it been now that you've made the decision to come to LA? It's been over It's been over a, a year. year. Yeah. How has that decision really panned out versus do you ever think back to like, oh, if I stayed in New York, I would have maybe be doing this. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have moments of that where I really miss New York and almost in a way like miss who I was in New York because like she was so brave and fearless. I talk about her as if she was another person because she was, she did feel like another person. And I feel like coming back to LA, like I did have a little bit of that, like, oh, this is comfortable. Oh, I don't need to put myself out there anymore. I can just kind of like fall into like the routine of who I was before. And I think that that was like not a great mentality to have realistically. I closed myself off to a lot of opportunities for relationships, whether that was romantic or friendly or networking. Like I think that when I first moved back, I even told Christine this, I was like, I don't even really want to meet up with my old friends because like, I don't want to have to answer all the questions of like, oh my God, so like you're back. What are you doing now? And like, you know, how's your fan? Oh my God. And like, that was just so daunting to me because like I knew that in a way because I had chosen to be more comfortable I wasn't pushing myself in the way that I knew that I could be and so I think that that was like a very frustrating idea slash sense of self that I'm still kind of like trickling in and out of because I feel like there's a part of me that is really really like ambitious and excited and passionate but because comfort is comfortable, uh, sometimes I sell myself short. And I think that that frustrates me about myself because then I feel like I'm choosing comfort over new opportunities and like the potential of what could be. Right. And you know, the key word there is that you choose whether you're aware of it or not, you're making that decision. But then understanding that 
the Regina, the version, the brave version of Regina in New York is still you, you know? So like you're capable, you're ambitious, you're brave, you're courageous, you make decisions that you normally wouldn't have. What that experience pulled and tested and challenged you and you were able to see your capabilities. And then now, even though your circumstances are different, like you're still able to choose that. Because you've proven that's part of you and that's what that lesson has really brought out. So you can access that whenever you want. And I think that's the hard part to ground ourselves in when we get caught up in the noise, right? In the noise and the fear of like, yeah, but you know, you're really like this though, you know? And like, yeah. you know, you, <laughs> I mean, if people really knew, but like also on the same end, if people really knew how capable you were or how brave you were, you know that too yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it comes down to choice, right? Yeah, interesting to see how you choose to evolve knowing this information. What about you? Like, have you ever experienced something where you had to choose between a new opportunity or remaining, you know, like staying where you were and remaining comfortable? Oh, yeah. There's so many that I like just picking one, you know, but I thought bringing up the topic of relationships because you were talking more about career and self, which, Mm -hmm. you know, this is still self, but getting engaged, getting married, you know, that was uh, identity that I held on to of not wanting to get engaged, not wanting to get married for a really long time. And I really had to trace it back to my first boyfriend in high school. And I think there was a, that version of myself. We broke up every six months. I, I know I've talked about this in previous podcasts. And he was such a great guy. He was such a nice guy, at least for like, you know, a 16, 17 year old, you know, <laughs> I just could not, <laughs> I just couldn't commit. Like at the time, mm. I think I was just very young, fickle, like I didn't want to lose him, but I also was curious and exploring other guys and other possibilities. So I think from that experience, I told myself like, maybe I'm just not cut out to be in a committed relationship because if I can hurt someone like that and they can in turn hurt me like that, Because I was like, if I'm capable of doing this, then somebody else is capable of doing this to me, which is exactly what my second boyfriend did. (laughs) So like, I think from that point forward, I told myself like, you know what? I don't think this is me. My identity is not to be in a committed relationship and actually learn to take pride in that like in in that story so i was like Mm -hmm. no i'm not gonna be that girl i'm not gonna be i told every guy after i was like don't worry i'm not that girl that's trying to lock you down or like you know yeah like let's just let's just take it casual yeah Yeah. like i feel like in so many dating scenarios i feel like i was always like very quick to cut it off because i was like oh well i don't want to be that girl like if i had issues with him where i'm like oh well i wish he would plan more like activities for us to do together and not just like casually like get drinks and dinner or something like that i was like i wanted to do like more stuff but then he wasn't doing that and I didn't tell him that that's what I wanted and I just be like oh well like I don't want to be that girl that's like nagging so I'm just not going to say anything and then I'd be like well it's easier you know to remain in the state that I am where I'm like not super attached yet so I'm just going to cut it off and edit early because it's easier this way right and it's on your terms you know versus Mm -hmm. like holding out wishing that he would do the thing that you want without you telling him (laughs) exactly Which I know, I understand is ridiculous. But at the time, I was like, oh, well, this isn't going to work out because I was scared. I was scared that like, what if I confront him and it doesn't work out? Yeah, Yeah, he doesn't want to do it or something like that. Like it felt easier to find a back door. Yeah, because then it confirms your worst fears, right? That it's like, oh, he doesn't think I'm worth it or he doesn't think that I'm special. Yeah. That's the thing where I realize that 
like we tie our identity into all these stories that we tell ourselves and it's almost like in our at least for me in my 20s I felt like ooh, I really know myself you know I'm like (laughs) this is clearly me this is clearly not me pink is me you know I don't know like black is not me guilty right yeah (laughs) that's me (laughs) and then it's like anything that deviates from that you're like oh no I'm not interested you know oh no Christine wouldn't do that Regina wouldn't yeah yeah (laughs) and and I think subconsciously on the flip side it's like anything that threatens that identity that we've worked so hard to define for ourselves scares us Mm. you know so then it's like what if I am that girl (laughs) what if I am that girl that I do want to be fully swept up in love and build a future (laughs) and like possibly want kids and be a mom and all that but I never gave myself that chance to visualize or see that for me because I was so tied to like no I don't want to be that girl Mm -hmm. and I think that was the underlying fear that I flipped to make it quote-unquote empowered for myself that I didn't realize until this past year through life coaching that's essentially what happened. You know, I faced that and confronted that there was something misaligned. And essentially through that, I was sabotaging myself in this relationship that I had with Jack. Not that anything was wrong in particular. I think that's the the thing. I think a lot of us, it's like, it's not that bad for us to leave. So we might as well just stay. Right. And then mm-hmm. pretty soon you're in the comfort of it and you're like, oh, shoot, it's been five years. <laughs> you're like not extremely happy, nor are you extremely sad. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just takes a moment. And sometimes it is through self-discovery and it is through journaling. It is through like the work that you do that you start realizing, wait a sec, am I really thriving? Is this really what I want? And I think that was the case with like getting engaged with Jack. I realized like, wow, I was so wrapped up in protecting myself that I didn't want whatever potential future that I had with Jack to end up like my parents' marriage. I was scared of the unknown. Oh, if I were to commit to him and our lives together forever, what will the outcome be? Will we get divorced? What if we can't overcome this? And like you said, there's kind of like a way out if I don't get engaged. Which is like really interesting because I feel like from the outside, everybody was like, well, they're basically married. Yeah. Like you guys are doing everything like as a married couple. But I think it was like your own internal dialogue of what you were telling yourself of what like, okay, yeah, like, yeah, we're living together. Yeah, we have like shared finance. Well, yeah, we do this together. And like you have everything others would constitute as like a marriage, but not without that like label, right? Not without that like official quote unquote stamp of being like, yes, this is the real deal because I feel like you always wanted an out. And I I can totally understand that because I feel like even with me, with guys in the past, like I didn't even like to admit that I liked them because then that just opened myself up to the opportunity that I would get rejected. So I remember like not even telling my best of friends that like, oh, even if it's a crush, I didn't like to talk about it because like I didn't want the potential of me labeling it as something and then having it not work out. Regina literally just told me about a crush that she had like, I think seven years ago. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck? You never told me that you liked him, you know? Yeah. yeah. Because like, I didn't want to like admit it and then like it didn't work out. So then I was like, oh, well, it's easier to just not address it right? because then it's not real and it's not tangible and it can just fly away with the wind. Right, right. 
And I think this is a good part to get into kind of like what we've learned and what we've taken with us through these experiences. A big part of it is it's okay not to know. And so many of us want to guarantee almost of like, what's going to happen if I make this decision? Yeah, right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, because we're risk adverse. We're taught to be risk adverse, especially as Asians. Yeah. (laughs) That's why our parents push us into being, you know, lawyers and doctors. Because that's that's more of a guarantee than like being an artist. Being a podcast host. What is that? Yeah, exactly. So it's okay not to know the outcome, but then essentially what you take with you, which is from what we said about Regina's experience and my experience too, is that like you take bits of how you've grown, how you've evolved and how you continue to evolve versus resorting back to the small selves within ourselves that we like almost in a sense is like when I think of that version of Christine where I'm like, oh, you know, she's scared to get hurt. She's scared to hurt other people. She's selfish. She's like, you know, not worthy of being loved forever, you know, by a great guy like Jack Mm -hmm. and all of that. Like, what if I mess it up? What if he messes up? Those are fears that stem from my 16-year-old self. Even though, yes, there might be some things about myself that I know that I am still working on and struggling with. However, I also know that I'm capable of really loving someone and really diving fully into because like Regina said we're me and Jack have been doing that already that's what that's what clicked for me it was like we've already been developing the tools as a couple to work through really tough situations by the way that we communicate by the trust we've developed by the patience that we have for one another we may not always agree but we always try to hear each other out And that's something where it's like being open and staying curious to who you are, what you do, what you don't do in the future, all of those things. It's like you don't have to stick to a defining clear rules of you, you know, like you are still growing and evolving. And also you've learned a lot. Mm -hmm. One thing I've learned, too, is like by putting yourself in that comfort zone, you're preventing yourself from growing. You're preventing yourself from learning. Like I feel like because I've become so scared and nervous and risk adverse, like I'm not opening myself up to those opportunities that could potentially be really bad, but also could potentially be really great. And, you know, I think that I always have this like idea of myself of like who I am to my friends and it's like super put together and like not super emotional and like very like oh did all the right things but then at the same time because I have that idea of myself I'm like always afraid to mess up and then by being afraid to mess up I'm like I'm going to just stay the safe route but by taking the safe route I feel like I also know that like this is not who I am like I feel like there are so many things that I know I am a go-getter and like ambitious and like want to go out and do all these things and accomplish all these things and you know start a business like the way that I am now but even then like I feel like there is that level of like oh my god what if it doesn't work out and I think it was like learning to let go of those ideas of myself and like being like it's okay if I mess up I will learn from it yeah and like it's not a mess up it's a learning experience and I think that that's how I really had to like shift my mentality and being like it's okay to mess up everybody messes up it's what you do afterwards that's like more so the judge of character than like the fact that you actually messed up yes girl yeah and that's really the difference you know because it really doesn't matter what decision you make if you end up staying or this other opportunity or you know like letting go yeah like honestly whatever happens was meant to happen exactly and then like as long as you stay true to your intentions 
right? Like I think that off the mic was a special unique situation because there were so many of us involved where it wasn't necessarily my decision as to whether or not the event would happen. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I went with the waves of the event happening, but then it happened. And because my intentions were so aligned with the event, I wasn't nervous at all when I got up there. But like leading up to it, I had built up all these ideas in my head of how it could go wrong, of how I would not be well received by the audience, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that it was way worse leading up to the event than it was actually going through the event because it ended up being one of the most incredible experiences and like best things that happened to me in 2019 because I allowed myself to be open and stay true to my intention and allowed myself to just embrace it and enjoy that opportunity that came across. Yeah. I was listening to this podcast called Happiness Lab and they were talking about how it's in our human nature or mind to like think that the things that will make us happy, we project in the future that it's that's it. We'll, we'll have eternal happiness from that. Yeah. Once we achieve that, once we get that thing, whether it's material or internal, we're like, yes. And we see other people and we think that they're, oh, they got it. They must be always happy all the time, right? On the contrast, when we think about crappy things that will happen and like all the things that can go wrong, we project how bad it would be, you know, that it's going to kill us. Like we're not going to survive. Yeah, exactly. And then what ends up happening is that the thing that you thought will make you happy doesn't last that long. And the thing that you thought would destroy you, actually you build up resilience for. Mm. And that's the thing that we're just like really bad at just projecting the future (laughs) and how we'd feel. And we're just very dramatic beings. We're super dramatic, (laughs) which is why I love us. But it's like, you know, that's just keeping that in mind where the things that test you, the things that challenge you, and you think that maybe in the middle of it, you're like, dude, this is a mistake. I should have stayed, you know, or dude, this is a mistake. I should have left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you'll push through, you'll be resilient from it. And like later on in the future, you will reflect back and be like, oh yeah, I was actually through that experience that this is a blessing or this is how I grew from that or these opportunities came from that. Yeah. And if anything, you learn something about yourself, like, oh yeah, maybe I am more set out for that, like freedom kind of version of me, or maybe I do like this comfort of being like closer to home and et cetera, like in reference to me. But like, I think that if we go back to the dating instance, my friends are always like, well, if you just close yourself off to all these dates, like you're never going to learn what you want because you just create these ideas of what you want or what you don't want. And until you actually experience it and go out and put yourself in that situation, like you don't know what works or what doesn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Honestly, once you've tried it, it's obviously up to your own definition. But like once you've tried it, you've acted, you've done something about it, you chose to do something and then you gave it your all, then it actually doesn't matter what happened. I know that's a that's a mental shift, but really I think it's easier to let go. I think a lot of people disagree with me because it's like, oh, once you give it your all and it still doesn't work out, you're just like, how can I let this go, you know? But then you can really reflect back and be like, I did everything that I could. I didn't hold back. And you won't wonder what if, because yeah, okay, fine. You give it your all, then you stay even longer. I think the signs have already been there. You know, if you're still thinking at that point, should I stay? Should I go? Then I think that's a sign because if you tried, you gave it your all and then you're like, yay, you know, you're not going to be thinking, should I leave? (laughs) It's just creating those opportunities for yourself and Mm -hmm. giving it your all in the best way that you can. Always knowing that comfort is kind of your own fears and insecurities of 
something not working out or you being afraid of taking that chance. Because I think new opportunities, when they present themselves in whether it's like a potential significant other or a new job opportunity or a new city opportunity to move somewhere else, fear is going to happen. And that's normal. But it's like what you do with that fear. Are you going to let that fear drive you and not take the opportunity? Or are you going to let that fear motivate you and allow yourself to open yourself up to opportunities? Yeah, yeah. So well said. And it's just being able to know yourself more, which is through these experiences. You'll get to know yourself. You'll get to know when things align or misalign. And then trusting in yourself trust in yourself that you've made it this far you have what it takes to keep going and whatever comes your way was meant for you And if you just see everything as a learning opportunity which i know it can be hard when you're in the middle of shit you know <laughs> and like you're in your room and you're by yourself and you're like oh what did i get myself into take a breather write down in your untold stories journal what you're feeling and then maybe give it some time through that, I think you can get a little bit more clarity for yourself. Going, should I not? And whatever you choose, sometimes when you reflect back and you're like, oh, did I make a mistake? Did I make-? The key to letting go is to ground yourself in your intentions. Because mm-hmm. then you don't have to worry about being, quote unquote, that girl. Because you'll know yourself. And once you know yourself, you will be able to stay true to yourself. Yeah. And you will also attract people and opportunities that align with that. Exactly. Like the core of who you are is really what matters you know everything else that you do that comes your way are all external kind of like the weather that just kind of flows in flows out you know you're not going to be the same person that you are in like a year or three years or five years you know so it's just easier when you when you don't put that much pressure on yourself in that way and enjoy enjoy life little and don't take life that seriously so yeah i think that is a great way for us to really continue on 2020 yes for sure because i definitely do think that as much as i like to have fun sometimes i think i take life a little too seriously and a little dramatically (laughs) and i hold like i hold just such great weight to things that i just kind of miss the point yeah exactly exactly so being more present right like you said bringing it back to yes exactly so yeah so if this episode really resonated with you or you have a friend who could really hear this message feel free to pass this along we really want to continue building upon this community and growing this podcast so it would mean the absolute world to us yeah and if you want to keep in touch with us you can follow us on instagram at perfectly.imperfect.podcast and we also have a newsletter so it's to better keep in touch with the people that really want to keep in touch we've been doing weekly journal prompts that will journal together and sometimes like regina and i will pop in on ig live on perfectly imperfect and yeah just to journal and dig in deeper so thank you so much for joining us for our first episode back of season four we will talk to you guys next week bye